Father, I thank you, God, for this day. I thank you, Father, for the time that we've had in worship. I thank you for waking us up this morning. I thank you for the opportunity for another life, the day of life, Father, for the breath in our lungs. Father, and I also thank you right now for what you're going to speak into our hearts. Father, we step into the next couple of minutes with, with expectation, God, that we're going to leave different than the way we walked in, Father. I pray, God, that you would speak to us in a special way, Father. We lean in, Father, for what you're going to say and speak to our hearts. We love you. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen. Amen. I'm so glad to be here with you guys tonight, and it is an honor. I want to just thank you, thank the, um, the leadership team here, Pastor Mark, for the opportunity to be here tonight. And uh, you guys look amazing. Turn to the person next to you and say, you look good tonight. Turn to the person next to you and say, you look good tonight. I'm excited. I, I, you know, this is the second week of the series that you've been in, Run For It. And I get to talk about week two. Pastor Mark did a great job. As they, as they mentioned uh, earlier today, uh, if you missed any of these uh, uh, teachings, you can always go to the podcast. It's doing an amazing job that you can go back, not only for you to review it, but share with others. And Pastor Mark last week talked about running with purpose. He's, he, he mentioned the following. He said, the race looks like this. He said, running after Jesus, holding on to your faith, fixing our eyes, believing that he will do what he said he will do. Pastor Mark did a great job painting that picture for us. And I was thinking about this. I was like, man, what a great timing for us to talk about this series when it comes to running for it and, and, and trying to uh, get a picture of what our race in life looks like. This is a great time because 2024 is just around the corner. How many of you are like, I can't wait till 2024? Just about two of you. How many of you are like, please, can we press pause on 2024? Anybody? How many of you are like, can we rewind 2023 and play it all again? How many of you are like, I'm just not ready, period? Right? Yeah, I'm with you. But here's the deal. There's no better time than today for you to pause and reflect on where you're at in the race of life. No better time. No better time because some of us might find ourselves today running in full speed. Some of us might find ourselves running, but we're exhausted. Some of us aren't even running, we're on the bench. Some of us haven't even entered the race at all when we talk about this race of life that Pastor Mark challenged us last week, running with purpose. And right now, I, 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 here's the thing, I challenge you, don't wait till 2024. Don't wait till December 31st at midnight to start thinking about this. Why don't we take a look at it today? Where are you in this race? You see, the reason why I challenge you to take a look at it today because life is a vapor. How many of you ever heard that statement? Life is a vapor. There's a great verse that kind of paints that picture. James 4.14 says the following. How do you know what your life will, look, uh, will be like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. Or another version, version says vapor. It's here a little while, then it's gone. Reality is the next moment is not promised to you. Tomorrow is not promised to you. The next week is not promised to you. Can I start, if I can encourage you to do whatever you can to pause today and say, man, where am I on this journey, this race uh, that we're talking about? Am I running for it as, as the series talks about? And as I rewind for a second, Pastor Mark said, okay, we need to run with purpose. Today I want to talk about this conversation. Is, is the, the title of this conversation is last week's Run With Purpose. Today is plan your run. Everybody say plan your run. Plan your run. And run your plan. One more time, plan your run and run your plan. If you want to pull out your Bibles, and if you don't have your Bibles, don't worry about that. It's going to be on, the scripture is going to be on the screen. But let's go back 
to the main text that we're reading and we're going over for this series. It's Hebrews. It's in your New Testament, towards the back, back part of the New Testament, all right? And it's Hebrews chapter 12. And we're going to go ahead right there, verse 1 and 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. And so I want to, I I if we leave the, the scripture right up for a second, I want to just kind of focus on the latter part of those, those beginning verses. And when it talks about, let us, therefore, let's throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. It doesn't immediately go, let us run. It says, let us, therefore, throw off anything that hinders. And I want to talk about that because it, I, I, I believe that implies that there is a plan or there's preparation or there's a step that is vital to our run. There's a step that is vital to our run. And so if we're going to plan our run, everybody say plan your run. Do you know that to every plan there's action items? How many of you are good at action items? How many of you are good at taking notes? Like when you, when you got work or someone gives you, you're going to make a list. Any list makers? Yeah? All right. Good. Good. So here's the thing. If we're going to plan our run, we need some action items. We need some action items. And the very first thing, if we look at that verse, it says, let's... Let us throw off everything that hinders. Okay, there's action right there. Let's throw off. There are some versions that say throw off, strip off, lay aside. And what does it say? It says throw off what? Everything. Other versions say every weight. The Greek translation uh, translate that word agkos, and I probably messed that up, O-G-K-O-S, which actually means that the weight, it impedes or burdens or by weighing down. Yeah, I messed that word up. It's all good. <laughs> by weighing down. <laughs> But here's what I'm saying. The action item, the very first action item, if you write it right down, want to write it down, is drop weight. Everybody say drop weight. So in other words, it says, let us throw off everything that hinders. So if the word means weight or impedes or burdens or slows you down. So in other words, if we're going to drop weight, we got to consider what is slowing us down. What is weighing us down. Uh, because can I tell you something? I don't know about you, but it's very hard for me to run a race with this baggage on my back. Anybody play football? Anybody play basketball? Anybody, any runners in this room play volleyball? Anybody who plays sports? It's very hard for us to run full speed with the baggage that we carry. And so we have to consider what are the things that are weighing us down that you and I have to throw down, strip off, or lay aside. So burdens. What is holding on us back on this weight? So here's the things. I want to talk about a couple of them. How about friends? Do we have friends or the company that we keep that might be weighing us down? Some of us might need to consider, not in 2024, but in 2023 today, some of the company that you keep. Because here's the reality. Uh, sometimes we don't realize that the company we keep is weighing us down and holding us back. We don't realize it. And, and, and we walk with people that aren't. I, I always tell people when you're looking for friends, look for people that are elevator friends. Look for people that are elevator friends because if they're not elevating you, not only elevating you, but pushing you closer to God, you might want to reconsider the people you walk with. And when we talk about baggage or things that are holding you down, so not only friends, but what about negative attitude? Uh, Some of us can't run our race effectively. Some of us are being weighed down or slowed down or have our, it's impeding our journey, our run, because we got negative thoughts. I mean, you may have heard the statement that your attitude, what, determines your what? Your attitude determines your altitude. Everybody say that. Your attitude determines your altitude. In other words, you will only go as far as your attitude. 
If you got a bad attitude, you ain't going to go too far. If you got a good attitude, you might go further than what you can ever imagine. Right, so it, some of us have negative attitudes and we wonder, man, why can I, why am I not getting far on this journey, this race that God has called me out? Well, maybe we're struggling with the attitude of I can't, I won't, what if? That is weight that, bear, that holds us back. Another one is not only friends, company, negative attitude, how about unforgiveness? Unforgiveness. Uh, some of us have weight that is impeding our race because we're carrying such, so much baggage when it comes to unforgiveness. You're in 2023, but you're still carrying unforgiveness from 1998. I mean, you probably weren't even born in 1998. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. But you know what's, what's, what's even more interesting? We always talk about the value of forgiving others, but sometimes the hardest person to forgive is yourself. Sometimes we struggle so much to look in the mirror and say, man, I forgive you for that mess up. And we hold ourselves hostage. And so we can't move forward. We can't run. We can't run this race that God has marked out for each one of us because we're carrying this baggage of unforgiveness. Friends, company, unforgiveness. Here's another one. Last one that I just want to mention. We could go all day with this, but the last one I want to mention is pain and hurt. Past hurts. Man, we, you and I cannot run... <laughs> The race that God has called out for us, if we're carrying baggage from all the pains and the hurts from yesterday. We can't. It's impossible. Because it'll continue. Remember, the word that is, when it says, let us throw off anything that is impeding, that is weighing us down. Man, past hurts weigh you down. They will hinder your race in life. They will hold you back. I wrote it this way. Acknowledge yesterday's hurts and pains, but don't give them authority to dictate what today and tomorrow will look like. Y'all think about that for a second. It's important for you to acknowledge. It's important for you to recognize what happened yesterday. Yes, you don't want to uh, negate it. It happened, whatever it was. But don't allow it to have the authority of who you're going to become tomorrow, to have the authority of the story that God is writing in your life. That's what we do. We give our, we give our yesterday full authority of what today looks like. And, and, we, can't, and we, can't, we can't run because it's baggage that's weighing us down. This is important that we understand this. You know, I, I, I realize that, that uh, in, in life, and uh, now that I'm about uh, 28 years old, I've realized, it ain't that funny, y'all, it ain't that funny. I've realized in my journey that often the baggage that I'm carrying, often the weight that is holding me down, seldomly only it seldom only impacts me. I've realized that the baggage and the weight that I carry, that it permeates and impacts people around me. And we don't, we don't pay attention. You think that you're carrying stuff that is hurting you, you're carrying stuff that is impeding your journey, but you know what, there's people that love you that are impacted by the weight you carry. Another thing that I realize about baggage and weight is that so often, so often, I go back and I pick up weight that God has already freed me from. So often, I pray, God, I need you to come in. God, I need you to pour out. God, I need you to break me free. God, I need you to take this unforgiveness. God, I need you to move these friends and this company from me. And God does all of that. And guess what? Two weeks later, two months later, I go back and pick up what God has freed me from. And we, we, we got to pay attention to that. Because it, it, we're, we're going to continue to pick up weight that holds us back, whether it's unforgiveness, whether it's company. I, I, I found this great quote that kind of summarizes that by, by author Steve Maraboli, and it says the following, the truth is unless you let go, 
Unless you forgive yourself, unless you forgive the situation, unless you realize that the situation is always over, over, you cannot move forward. So when we're talking about uh, this, this, this conversation, plan your run and run your plan. I gotta have a plan. I mean, there's, there's, a, there's a value for me to have a plan to my run. The very first thing was that action item. What was the first action item I gave you? What was it? Drop weight. Turn to your neighbor, say drop weight. Be careful how you say it now, though. Be careful. Turn to your neighbor, be careful how you say it. Drop weight. Mm-hmm. Y'all be kind to each other. All right. So the title is Plan Your Run and Run Your Plan. We're in the first section, Plan Your Run. The very first action item, what was it? The second action item is the following, dress right. Everybody say dress right. Now I know you're looking at me and say, what is this boy talking about dress right? Lean in on this. I don't want you to miss this part. Here's what I mean by this. We go back to the scripture. The scripture says, let us throw off everything that hinders. It doesn't say or the sin that easily entangles. Did y'all read that? It doesn't say or. It says what? Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us. And I want us to look at that. The reason why we're going to unpack why we're talking about dress right. Everybody say dress right. Action item number two, dress right. The word, in, there's some versions that say ensnares, entangles, which means get twisted up in, get caught in. Think of it like a, like a net. Anybody go fishing, you get caught in it, right? So it, it, sin that so easily entangles. There's no doubt that we have to talk about the most common sins that we talk about, we talk about, okay, man, you got to be careful on your journey. Don't fall into lust. Don't fall into pornography. Don't fall into addiction. There's no doubt we're not to pay attention. But here's what I want to be referring to when it comes to sin that so easily entangles. I'm talking about the, 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 the stuff that creeps up. I'm talking about all the small compromises that you make, that we make, that we don't pay attention to. You know, like stuff like pride, bitterness. Comparison. I love, you know, I got the opportunity to sit with Pastor Mark and he, uh, you know, the Bible says iron sharpens iron. So he spoke into my teaching and I love it. I love how he brought out how, how we, we didn't wake up. Nobody woke up this morning, made their list and say, okay, I'm going to go to Starbucks. I'm going to get my hair did. I'm going to get my nails done. And I'm going to be jealous today. Nobody did that. Nobody says, I got to check Instagram. Um, I got to call my girl, Kiki. And then... Um, I'm going to do comparison. Nobody does that. We, guess what? We slowly fall into bitterness. We slowly fall into comparison. We slowly, it's all the small. You know, John, um, John Maxwell wrote a great book called Today Matters. And he talks about uh, just the same way that he talks about that if we want to become, change our behaviors of tomorrow, it all means about all the small decisions that we have to make today. Right? The gap between where you are today and tomorrow is all discipline. So, but so is the same way when it comes to small compromises. If I, if I make good decisions and discipline every day in small areas, man, I'm going to have some great behaviors. But if I make bad decisions, all a bunch of small compromises, small compromises like this, you know, how about loose boundaries? Obscure values. Can I tell you something? If you've got loose boundaries and obscure values amongst your friends or in culture, can I tell you, culture will tell you what your boundaries are. Culture will dictate what your values are if you don't know what your own values are. And so this is important for us to understand that these are small compromises. So the verse says, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. We got to watch for the sin that creeps up. 
We got to watch for the sin that creeps up. The Bible says that the enemy prowls and he's here to steal, kill, and destroy. He's, he's prowling like a warring lion to see who he can destroy. But I want you to know something. The enemy doesn't always come attack us when we do him wrong. I need you to understand this. That sometimes, have you ever been in a season where you, man, you're running with God. You've been locked in. Y'all been praying together. And you're like, man, I'm doing right. Man, my life is a, is, a, is, a, is a worship song unto God. And then you get hit with the craziest things. Right? Because that may, the fact that we're giving our lives more and more to God really upsets the enemy. So your target gets bigger on your life. You need to understand that. And, and I look at this. The, re, the reason why I'm telling you this, because it's going to go back to the scripture that says about uh, entangling and not uh, throw off the sin that easily gets entangled. Because when you look at the life of Joseph, Joseph, in, in Genesis 39, I'd encourage you to go back and read it. He, he's over... Uh, um, one of Pharaoh's officials' house. I mean, this guy got elevated. He is over Pharaoh's house. He is the man of the household. household. And one day, Joseph, a man of God, is chilling. He's doing right. He's honoring God. He's walking through the house. And guess what happens? <laughs> Potiphar's wife, Potiphar wasn't home. Potiphar's wife sees Joseph. And the Bible says that Joseph was handsome and good-looking, buenmoso, lindo. He was all those things. All right? I don't know why I just sounded Dominican, but Joseph was probably Dominican, all right? But here's the deal. See, the Bible says Joseph was good looking, he was handsome, and so part of his wife, Joseph was minding no business, he's doing right, and she's like, hey. And, she's, and, and the Bible says that, she says, come to bed with me. And, and a little side note for you, you know what Joseph, I want y'all to pay attention to what Joseph says. Joseph doesn't say, man, if I do that, Everybody's going to find out. Uh, your, uh, your husband's going to find out. That's not what jo Joseph says the following. How then, how then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? Wow. Because he wasn't necessarily worried about his, her husband or the, everybody else that was in his house. His first desire was not to fail God. And side note, if y'all looking for the one in your life, guys or girls, if y'all looking for the one in, in your life, man, look for someone that fears God. Look for someone that fears God. I don't care how tall he is. He got blue eyes, long hair like me. I'm telling you something. <laughs> if you want to find the man of your life, find a man that fears God. Love a woman that fears God. And this is exactly what Joseph So here's what happens, though. She comes. And, 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 and I learned this, man. I've been studying Joseph for such a long time. But I learned the following. That Joseph did was right. Joseph ran. Like Joseph didn't chill and say, girl, don't mess with me. Joseph said, no, and Joseph ran. But here's the problem. When he ran, she grabbed his cloak. And, when, and so basically his jacket, all right? And so she's holding on to his cloak, his jacket. And that is what she used when everybody came in, her husband came home and said, Joseph, try to jump me. And it made me think, and it just hit me about five years ago and studying Joseph, I realized when I talk about us dressing right, you and I need to make sure that we don't wear anything loose enough that the enemy can grab onto. Come on, bro. Here's the deal. When you wore your clothes tonight, when you dressed this morning, did you dress for the weather or did you dress to make sure that you're, you don't have anything loose enough that the enemy can grab onto? And you got to think about this. Pastor Mark talked to me. He said, Ricky, you know something? Race runners, when they, when they wear their clothes, they don't wear anything that's going to give wind resistance. Football players, you don't see football players wearing anything loose. 
They're wearing everything tight because they don't want anybody to grab onto anything. Yet you and I don't think about that. That's when it talks about throw off not only things that hinder us, but sin that so easily entangles us. And some of us need to think about, are we, are we wearing and are we leaving anything out there that the enemy can grab onto? On, some of us are just right up on against the edge. And some, we need to think about this. Look at this scripture that says the following. Romans 13, 13 says, let us behave this decently as in the daytime, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. 14, rather... Clothe yourselves. Another version says, put on. I love that. Clothe yourselves. Put on with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desire of the flesh. Man, does that visual not let you think about when you wake up tomorrow morning and say, man, am I putting on Jesus today? Man, don't leave anything loose enough that the enemy can grab onto. So our, so our first section is, man, if we're going to plan for our run, we got two action items. What are they? We got a What? And then we got to do what? So the last part of that verse. So remember, we're going to plan a run. But now, then he says, okay, here's, here's your plan. But then he says, run. Everybody say run. run. So we're going to plan our run, but we're going to run our plan. How do we run? Everybody say, how do we run? How do we run? How do we run this plan? I'm going I'm to give these to you fast. Run with. Everybody said run with. Perseverance. Assurance. Focus. Expectation. If you're taking notes, write that down. Run with perseverance, run with assurance, run with focus and expectation. Let's go back to the scripture. And the scripture says the following. And let us, remember, we already, went, we already went past the plan. The plan is that we talked about the action items, drop rate. The plan is, is dress right. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus the pioneer and perfecter of faith. Perseverance, I love definitions. I love definitions. And the definition of perseverance is the following. Continued effort to do or achieve something despite difficulties, failure, or opposition. That's what the word perse perseverance means. And can I tell you something? There is purpose in our struggle. There is purpose in our hardship. I love the fact that the verse in the scripture challenges us to run with perseverance. Don't just run, run with perseverance. When someone says run with perseverance, that's because when someone looks at you and say, hey, run with perseverance, the reason why I'm telling you this is because I know what's coming up before you. You're going to need perseverance. There's going to be some roadblocks. I'm telling you right now. So the author is telling us, hey, hey, the, the race, is the, the journey that you got is not going to be easy. So can I tell you? So run with perseverance. And what does that mean? What is perseverance? Did you know that perseverance produces something? And in, in, in the following verse, Romans 5, 3, 5, I love this verse. Not only so, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. We glory in our sufferings. Why? Because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. Perseverance. Can I tell you something? There are going to be setbacks on this journey, but we persevere. There are going to be uh, hurdles. There are going to be pain, but we persevere. The reason why is because our setbacks are a setup for God to show out. So if you're going through a setback right now, just realize and be patient enough and persevere because it's a setup for your father to show out. 
persevere. Run with assurance. The reason why I say run with assurance, let's read that scripture that says, the race marked out for me. Run with perseverance. The race marked out for me. You know, I love that because what that speaks is, is that God marked out a purpose for me. This race, I'm, I, he, he didn't just say, it's not an accidental thing. That each and one of you, there's nobody in this room that is an accident. There is purpose and there's a plan for your life. And I love that there, there's a race marked out not only for you but for me. And every day we are to be reminded that we are not a mistake, that we are God's handiwork, that we are his craftsmanship. Look at the person next to you and say, you are God's handiwork. If you brought a date, I just, I just set you up for a perfect, perfect setup there. We are God's handiwork. So run with assurance. Run with assurance that this race, you've been called to this race. The other thing is run with focus. Everybody say focus. focus. Proverbs 4, 25, 27 says the following. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Give careful thought to the paths for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. Run with focus. If you, if you try to run your race trying to look at all the problems that are around you, if you try to run your race trying to look at, at the storm that's coming, run with focus. Here's what, I, I wrote it this way. If you and I by any chance redirect our eyes instead of worrying about what's around us, all the what ifs and what could happen in the doubts, if you and I by any chance redirect our eyes from the problems to the promise keeper, can you imagine what, 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 what kind of energy you and I can have? Can you imagine what happens when, when instead of me being, being anchored or focused on the problems, when we fix our eyes on the promise keeper, we are fueled and energized by his promises. When we fix our eyes on the promise keeper, we are fueled and energized by, his, energized by his promises. There is a difference in the way that I run. There is a difference in the way that you run this race when you are anchored to his promises. There's a difference in my step when I remember what Isaiah says, do not be dismayed, I am with you. There's a difference when I'm anchored to the promise that John 16, says that I am with you. There is a difference when I look at Romans 8, 31 that says, if God is for me, who can be against me? There's a difference in my step when I look at Philippians 4, 13 and I'm anchored to that promise that says that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. There's a difference when my eyes are anchored to his promises instead of the problems that are around me. There's a difference to the, the way, the pace of my race. So run with perseverance, run with assurance, run with focus. And the last thing is run with expectation. Everybody say expectation. expectation. Listen, look at the last part of that verse. It says the following. And let us run with perseverance. The race marked out. This is actually, there's so many great parts of this, this scripture, but this is actually my favorite one. This is my favorite part of the whole verse. Let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. The pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For me, what that, what that, what that paints a picture is that the pioneer, what he starts, he will perfect and he will complete. And when we read this scripture that says the following in Philippians 1, 6, be confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it onto completion unto the day of Christ Jesus. For me, I love the, to anchor myself to the hope that as I start this journey, as we run our race, 
that our Father who is at the starting line of our race, he will be at the end of our race with us. And that in the midst of that entire race, that he will perfect and complete what he starts in our lives. So in other words, you and I are a masterpiece in progress. You are a masterpiece in progress. When in the hands of our Lord and Savior, our master author, the master sculptor of our life. I don't know about you, but for me, when we talk about running this race, that is encouragement to me because I'm a hot mess. I can't, I'm really bad at trying to write my own story. I'm really bad at trying to sculpt my own picture, paint my own picture. But when it is my, my, when my life is in the hands of the master sculptor, the master author, man, what a beautiful masterpiece that's being orchestrated for my life, but in your life as well. Man, if we're going to run this race, we've got to be able to plan, like we talked about, dropping weight, dressing right. And then once we have our plan and our action items, man, we run the race. Run it. Run it with perseverance. Run it with assurance. Run it with focus. Run it with expectation that your father is faithful enough to not abandon you, to go before you, to fight for you. You know, I always share with people that... I will, never, I will never challenge or share something, um, preach something, sing something that, um, that I've never lived through myself or that I'll never um, embrace for my own life. And when I think about me challenging you guys or talking today about where do you find yourselves on, on, in your race, in your journey, when you think about it, where do you find yourself today? Are you exhausted? Have you bowed out? Are you in the bench? Are you limping? Are you at a place where you're ready to quit? Or even when we talked about 2024, are you, are you in a posture of expectation because, man, you can't wait to see what God's going to write? Are you weighed down with a bunch of weight? I, I don't know where you are in your race, but I can tell you one thing. I have myself, I have seen every leg, every part of that race in my own life. Even walking up here, when you see me walk up here, there's still baggage that I'm carrying. There's still so much baggage in my life that I'm carrying. And, I, and, I, and I've seen the days that it weighs me down. I've seen the days that it slows me down. I've seen the days that it, that it, that it gives me cramps in my leg. And, and, and I don't want to run anymore. I've had the days that... that, that, that uh, that I told God, God, I, you know, I've been in ministry since I was 14 and, and seeing God and, and I've had mountains and I've had valleys. And I've had mountains and I've had valleys. There's days that I feel that I've had more valleys than mountaintops. Anybody with me on that? And I can't tell you with all of my heart how I wanted to allow the baggage of pain, of disillusionment, of not seeing myself as an, a, a masterpiece in God's hand, I've told God, I quit. I'm done. Even as much as just three, four years ago. And I told God, man, I can't, I, can't, I can't walk anymore. I can't do this anymore. And God, as awesome as he is, embraced me and he reminded me that what he defeated on the cross for me, if he can defeat death on the cross, he can defeat disillusionment in my life. He can defeat pain and loss in my life. He can defeat inadequacy in my life. And he reminded me, the cross, what he did on the cross for me, reminds me every single day 
that he can do it over and over and over. Can I tell you something? Wherever you find yourself, one of the biggest encouragements I say is don't quit. Man, if I would have quit three, four years ago, if I would have quit five years ago, if I would have quit 10 years ago, I would not be standing on this stage right now to be able to tell you your father is faithful. He is faithful. He is amazing. And I can tell you with all my heart that he is faithful to be able to remove the baggage. He is faithful to not only remove the baggage of your life, but he's able to write a new story in your life. And I saw my father take, even when we talked about negative attitudes, I used, I, I've lived for a long time with the attitude of what if this happens, father? Father, what if no one ever sees me the way you see me again, father? What if I never have a home again, father? What if, I know all these what ifs, you know, my, my father was so awesome to me that he said, Ricky, I'm gonna turn your what if into even if. And he started to mend my heart. He started to remind me. And he turned my tune of pain and loss into a place where even if father, I never get that back. Even if father, this doesn't happen. Even if you don't see me or this person doesn't see me, even if father, every part of my life and my race will be for you. Every part. And the moment I turned my heart and my mind and my ears and my thoughts into even if, I started to see him be so good to start piecing things together. Start piecing. And you know what's so good about that is then he gave me strength and courage. And he started to take some of these bags in my life and he gave me the, the ability to be able to let them go. And so there's less bags. Even though I got some of them today, there's a whole lot less that I carry today because of the faithfulness of my father. Where do you find yourself in this race? The enemy has maybe taken expectation from you. Focus, assurance, whatever it may be. But can I encourage you today to turn that back into his hands. Turn it back into God's hands. And say, Father, today, wherever you find yourself in the race, say, God, I give you my, I give you my race back. I give you my race back. I'm, not, I, I, I'm on the bench, but I'm ready to come back in. I'm on the bench, Father. I, I, I've been limping, but I'm ready to come back in. Maybe today, that's where you are need to be. But I want to encourage you. Start today. Don't wait till 2024. Start today. Pray with me. Father, I thank you. I thank you for this day. I thank you for this night. I thank you for these, these young adults, Father. God, I just pray for them right now, Lord, as each and one of them, Father, just kind of wrestle with the race that they're running the journey that you've marked out for them, Father. I pray, God, that they would be so intentional, Father, to, to drop weight, Father, to dress right daily, Father, and then run. God, we, in this room together, we hand over the pen of our lives to you. You are the master author, God. We pray that you would write our journey, write our stories, and give us the strength, Father, to run with perseverance focus, assurance that you have called us and marked this race out for us. And with expectation, God, that you will do great and things ab above and beyond we could ever, ever imagine. It is in your name that we pray this. Amen. Amen. Run your race, guys. Love you. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Amen.